High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. Welcome back, George, uh, broadcasting from London. First text says, George, I'm so jealous of you meeting those two legends. Well, I just wish I had more time. Um, I think sitting down with those guys for dinner will be pretty special. And it is indeed, as Frank in Dublin reminds me, a remake of a 1975 film. Uh, I'm joined now... Uh, you, oh, by the way, you can go to uh, Facebook, uh, Newstalk Facebook page, and the video is there of the interview with the legends. A link is up on uh, Twitter, uh, at G-Hook. I'm joined now by uh, Bill Hughes with an essential song. How are you? I'm great, George. How are you doing? I'm very jealous as well. I'm sitting here in Dublin thinking, geez, I'd love to be at that table. Well, now you're going to uh, come up, I'm pretty sure, uh, with uh, an appropriate song for the city and country we're in, are you? Well, seeing as how you're in London, uh, I turned to the Ivor Novello Awards to see songs about London that had won the big Ivor Novello Award. And I went to 1978 and a song by a Scottish fella called Jerry Rafferty. And the song is Baker Street. Do you know Baker really? Street? Yes. I, I, I tell you, I know Baker Street very, very well. Uh, Sherlock Holmes used to be there, if you remember. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> well, Sherlock Holmes was there, but also there was a flat there that where it was owned by a friend of Jerry Rafferty. And he used to say that, to stay there because he was going through a very difficult uh, legal wrangle. But I'm going to tell you, the song is called... Baker Street. It was written and recorded by uh, Jerry Rafferty. As I say, he was uh, Scottish. It became an international phenomenon. It went to number one everywhere, including the States, stayed at number one for six weeks. And uh, as I say, it picked up the Ivor Novello Award Best Song Musically and Lyrically in 1978. And it's known because of one particular thing. It has the most haunting saxophone riff in the middle of it. And in October 2010, the song was recognised by BMI because it had passed five million performances worldwide. So it's named after Baker Street in London. Uh, It was on Jerry Rafferty's second album called City to City, his second solo album. And it was the first release he had after a three year hiatus because he used to be with a group called Steeler's Wheel that he had formed with a, a school friend. And they had a song called Stuck in the Middle with You which was a major song in in, uh, Tarantino's movie, Reservoir Dogs. And uh, he was born in Paisley, uh, in in Renfrewshire, in in Scotland. And uh, he was born into a family. His mother's name was Mary Skeffington. Uh, and he had two brothers, Jim and Joe. He had a very tough upbringing. His his Irish-born father was a violent alcoholic. He was a miner and lorry driver. And he died when Jerry was 16. Uh, now, Rafferty went to the local school and in 1963 he left, got a job in a butcher shop, lost that, got a job in a, as a civil service clerk, lost that, got a job in a shoe shop. But the only thing that was driving him on was his need to be in the music business. And he never really intended making a career out of anything else. So on weekends, him and his classmate, uh, Joe Egan, 
they they got together and they created a group called the Mavericks, and then that few, that actually became Steelers Wheel. And Steelers Wheel had an international hit uh, with "Stuck in the Middle with You." So things were going well for them. They were doing covering uh, covering the, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles. They were uh, busking on the London Underground. Well, so Jerry Rafferty was. But years later, Jerry Rafferty admitted that this song, Baker Street was so profitable and was his biggest song that he he was still making 80,000 sterling a year out of it. It was a huge earner for him, for me, he said. I must admit, I could live off that song alone. And um, he... There was, a, there was a dance version came out in 1992 by a group called Undercover and he absolutely hated it. But he had to shut up because it made him another one and a half million sterling and because uh, it sold three million copies. But the one thing he never allowed this song, Baker Street, be used for advertising, uh, no matter how many offers he got. But um, the, the song, it's kind of weird because it's, 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 it's how uncomfortable he felt with the star system and uh, he didn't want to be part of the star system. So uh, oddly, Baker Street and the success of it caused the album City to City to go to number one in America and sell six million copies. So um, having rebelled against the music industry and voiced this rebellion in the songs, it, suddenly it it became incredibly lucrative. So Yeah, a listener, Bill, mm-hmm. suggesting Jerry Rafferty was actually very shy. Yes, very, very shy. Um, he was a, a, a very complex uh, character. Uh, you know, in, in, in 1965, he was 18 and he met a 15-year-old girl called Carla Ventilla. And she was an apprentice hairdresser from an Italian family in, in Clydebank. And uh, he told the story of their love in a song called Shipyard Town. Um, they got married in 1970 when she was 20 and they had a daughter, Martha Mary. Um, but sadly, Rafferty went the way of his dad and developed a very bad drinking problem. And it put his marriage under terrible strain and they got divorced in 1990. But they remained close. So um, the, the the thing about the song, let's go back to the, the song. Um, Baker Street was was produced by Hugh Murphy. Uh, there's a guitar so- solo by a guy called Hugh Burns, which is extraordinary. But the real star moment in this song is the saxophone um a solo and it's by Raphael Ravenscroft. Now, Ravenscroft was a session musician and he had come into the studio to record a kind of a brief uh, soprano sax piece. But when he heard the rest of the song, he said, you know, out in the car, I've got an alto sax. I'm going to bring that in because that's going to suit this song better. And um, later, when he heard it back, he said it irritated him because it was out of tune. He said, yes, it was flat by enough of a degree that it irritates me at best. And he was gutted when they refused to change it. And this is what they released. So uh, there's a whole anger about it. But the song, I'll let you hear for yourself. This saxophone solo in the song is so incredible. Well, interestingly, a listener says there's an urban myth suggesting that Bob Holness of Blockbusters fame played the sax. Yeah, it is an urban myth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, you've sold that. And by the way, it's not a sax riff. Ken is a a pedant. He says it's a sax solo. Anyway, why don't we have a listen? 
When you wake up, it's a new morning. 
Well, that is Baker Street with Terry Rafferty. Uh, it's Bill Hughes' choice. Uh, unbelievably good. Actually, I remember the song now. I, I'd forgotten the title and the singer. But uh, KP in Waterford didn't like it. He thought it was an earworm. He won't be able to concentrate for the rest of the day. But Bill... Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think without the saxophone, that song is nothing. Without I think the saxophone, I think the saxophone is nearly better than the singer. Well, no, not better than the singer. I wouldn't agree with you there, and certainly not the lyric. It, 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 the song came out of three years of unbelievable pain because Rafferty was trying to extricate himself from the record contract that he had with Steeler's Wheel. And he was trying to, it was a very ugly time and he was up and down on the train, Glasgow to London for meetings with lawyers. And that went on for three years, a lot of time. So when it finally was uh, resolved, um, the exhilaration of that song's last verse, that's a, when you wait up it's a new morning the sun is shining it's a new morning you're going you're going home that is like saying I've done it I've gotten through it and we can all identify with that so I do think the song is very strong I think the song is well, hijacked well now, the saxophone just hold a while now just hold a while now, yeah. hold a while now. Okay. like there's one person in this conversation who mm. knows a lot about music and then there's one person and then there's who just me. listens to it <laughs> no 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 like you're you're the pro like and, yeah. and you, you listen to it and mm. all that sort of stuff. Um, I just, I, I just thought the saxophone was fantastic. Although Paddy says there's a rumor that the drum work is made on a Bowron's edge. Well, yeah. con- considering that uh, Rafferty grew up at his mother's knee, uh, learning uh, Irish folk songs. That's where, you know, he got most of his musical learning. So it wouldn't surprise me that Irish influences crept in to certain of his work and certain of his albums. So, you know, he... he Paul Gambaccini said about him, he had a few more hit singles in the United States, but by 1980, it was basically all over. And when I say it, I mean basically his career because he just wasn't comfortable with it. He was never comfortable around the music industry, around performing and around people. Like He, he was a writer, but with solitude. And then he took to the drink and that took him from us. And that's that's a shame because in November 2010, he was admitted to the uh, Royal Bournemouth Hospital and he was put on life support because he had multiple organ failure and when he was taken off life support he actually rallied for a short time and he went to to stay with his daughter but he died there of liver failure at her home in Stroud in Gloucestershire on the 4th of January 2011. So taken from us uh, far too soon and uh, a great, great talent. But just to to go back to the the recording that we heard, that incredible guitar solo that we finished with was by Hugh Burns. And I think that's that's a really, the the guitar solo is overshadowed by the sensational sax riff. I continue to say it's a sax riff because it's repeated a number of times within the show. And I had a word with Professor Quilligan on sound and he agrees with me that it's a riff because of the repetition. There you go. Well, I have to tell you that uh, if Mr. Quilligan, the sound engineer on High Noon, uh, it's his opinion that counts. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it's a, a strong song and a good addition to the Spotify's, I think.
don't you? There's no question. And, of course, we can find old Bill's essential songs on uh, Spotify, where it's called George Hook's Essential Songs. Just search and find it easy. 